welcome to the Astro Guy Podcast. I'm not an expert, I'm an amateur like you. I'm here to learn and here to teach. So let's enjoy the ride together. Carpe Noctum, seize the night. Welcome to the Astro Guy Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Zool, and this is going to be a very festive episode. First, I am not being paid by any company, reseller, or anyone else to endorse any products. These are simply my opinions based on my serious endeavors as a lifelong enthusiast in the hobby. Second, and this is extremely important, never, 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 ever Look at the sun with any telescope, binoculars, camera, or even your naked eye. Doing so can cause serious and permanent damage to yourself, and it can happen in an instant. Never look at the sun, unless you're using approved solar filters that cover the front of the telescope that are made specifically for that instrument. Please always use extreme caution. Okay, now that the safety warning is out of the way, Let's get into it. So you or a family member have an interest in astronomy and you want to get a telescope. What should you do? There isn't a simple answer. The first thing that anyone getting into the hobby should do is start to learn the constellations and the bright stars, as this will help when locating objects to look at. An easy way to do this is to download a SkyMap app to your phone. There are many options available. Personally, I use Mobile Observatory, which has free and paid versions. This app is very robust and is easy to use. Sky Safari and Stellarium Mobile are also excellent apps and have free versions as well. I also recommend getting a Compass app that will show True North as well as Magnetic North. Down the road, this will come in very handy. Stellarium can be downloaded to a computer and is a great planetarium program that has many other great features as well. Websites like theskylive.com are a great tool to help learn the constellations and to learn about different objects to observe. Another excellent resource are the forums on cloudynights.com. Another very useful free app is Heavens Above, which you can also access from a computer. Heavens Above lets you know when you can see bright satellites like the ISS passing over your area. This comes in handy when you're outside and you see something that looks like a star, but it's moving. It's most likely a satellite, especially if there are no blinking lights associated with it. Heavens Above can easily help you identify exactly what satellite you're looking at. As far as buying actual equipment, I almost always recommend starting out with a pair of binoculars. They don't need to be expensive. Many retailers sell 10 by 50 binoculars for as little as $20. The 10 in the 10 by 50 refers to the actual magnification of the binoculars and the 50 is the diameter in millimeters of the two objective lenses. In essence, 10 by 50 binoculars are really two 10 by 50 telescopes that you look into at the same time. My recommendation is that you start with 10 by 50 binoculars. 
They'll gather enough light to show you things that you can't see with the naked eye while giving you a reasonable magnification to use. Smaller binoculars, where the second number is smaller than 50, will still be better than nothing, but 50 millimeters is a great place to start. Over time, you'll find that in this hobby, aperture is really important. A great benefit of binoculars is that they show an erect image, meaning that up is up and down is down. So they are useful for things like bird watching, sailing, hunting, or other outdoor activities. Most telescopes will show images upside down or backwards or both, depending on the optical configuration. When buying binoculars, you should check to see if there's a way to mount the binoculars to a tripod, as this will make viewing a bit easier. There are binocular mounts that you can purchase, but I don't recommend this out of the gate. You can usually purchase an inexpensive bracket that will attach the binoculars to a camera tripod. So what can you see with 10 by 50 binoculars? Quite a bit, actually. Even from light polluted areas, the moon will reveal craters and mountains as well as other features. Realize that the moon won't fill the field of view. Most 10 by 50 binoculars have a field of view that's about 6 degrees wide. The moon is only half a degree across, so you could fit 12 full moons in the field of view, but don't let that discourage you. Even lower power binoculars like 7x50s will show nice details on the moon. In fact, I prefer using 7x50s when I'm observing with binoculars because they usually have an even wider field of view, which is great when you're trying to find different objects. Besides the moon, you'll also be able to see Jupiter, and its four Galilean moons. In binoculars, Jupiter will appear as a small, bright disk. With practice and patience, you might be able to make out Jupiter's equatorial bands. Saturn will be visible, as will its rings, but again, they won't appear very large. Venus shows phases in the same way that the moon does, and you should be able to easily make out the phases with 10 power binoculars. Mercury, Mars, Uranus, and Neptune can be spotted with 10x50s, but you likely won't see any real details, but they should look slightly larger than the stars will appear. Besides things that are in our solar system, there are other wonders that you can see with binoculars. From a moderately dark sky sight away from city lights, you can see the Milky Way spanning across the sky at various times during the year. Sweeping along the Milky Way with binoculars will reveal lots of different clusters and nebulae that you can't see with the naked eye. You'll also be able to see some galaxies besides our own Milky Way. The Andromeda Galaxy, also called M31, is easy to find and is large, spanning an area more than three degrees wide. In binoculars, you can make out the bright core of the galaxy as you continue looking at it, subtle details will begin to show themselves. From dark locations, I've been able to glimpse the spiral arms of the Andromeda Galaxy. But don't expect it to look like it does in pictures. It will appear as a grayish cloud at first. But again, with practice, you'll be able to see more and more as you continue to observe it. Near the Andromeda Galaxy is another galaxy, M33, in the constellation Triangulum. This is smaller, appearing about the size of two full moons. It's smaller and fainter than Andromeda, 
but it's still within reach of binoculars. Open star clusters, which are groups of young stars that form together, are usually made up of anywhere from a few dozen to several hundred suns. They will appear as fuzzy patches, but with many of them you should be able to resolve at least a few stars. The double cluster in Perseus is simply beautiful in binoculars and easy to resolve. The Pleiades, known as M45 in Taurus, is simply stunning. These are just a few of the dozens of open clusters that you can see. When observing with any instrument, you'll be able to slowly see more details emerge as you continue to observe it. You can also see globular clusters. These are made up of thousands of older stars and appear as balls of stars that with practice you'll be able to resolve some of the bright member stars. M13 in Hercules is easy to spot on summer and fall evenings and will surely delight you in binoculars. As will M22 in Sagittarius and M15 in Pegasus. If you're in the southern U.S. or further south, you can try to spot Omega Centauri, the largest globular cluster in our skies, that appears larger than a full moon. There are many nebulae that can be seen with binoculars. These are clouds of glowing gas in our galaxy that are easy targets for binocular observers. The Great Nebula in Orion, M42, is a joy in any pair of binoculars. You can really get lost in this beauty. In the summer, there are a plethora of nebulae that are visible along the Milky Way. You'll easily find objects like the Lagoon Nebula, known as M8, the Eagle Nebula, M16, or the Omega Nebula, M17, and many, many others. So what if you're ready for the next step? A telescope. What should you get? First, let's briefly discuss what not to get. Seasoned amateurs sometimes refer to some of the cheap telescopes that state things like see the universe at 600 power as hobby killers. Check to make sure that whatever telescope you're buying uses inch and a quarter eyepieces. If it mentions 0.965 inch eyepieces, stay away. Also, you probably want to avoid anything too expensive or too fancy to start, as you'll likely be in over your head. A great first telescope is something like the Orion Starblast 4.5. These are 4.5 inch or 115 millimeter Newtonian reflectors. That means there's a 4.5 inch mirror that collects the light, bounces it to a smaller mirror at a 45 degree angle, and then bounces that light into an eyepiece where you can view the image. The telescope is mounted on a tabletop altazimuth mount and it comes with a reflex sight also known as a red dot finder and a couple of eyepieces. You can find this telescope new for around $260. It's light making it easy to transport and it's pretty versatile. More importantly it's extremely easy to use. The eyepieces that it come with will give you a low magnification of 27 and a high magnification of 76. At its highest power, the moon won't fill the field, but you'll see an incredible amount of detail, way beyond what you can see in binoculars. The seas, mountain ranges, and craters will look like you can reach out and touch them. 
The planets will also look much larger than they do in binoculars, but they'll still be relatively small. It's important to keep your expectations realistic. If your budget is a bit more flexible, you could opt for a 6-inch Dobsonian telescope. The design is similar to the Starblast, but with a larger mirror, which will gather more light, and a longer focal length, which will give you more magnification. You'll get even better images of the moon and planets, and many deep sky objects will become visible with an instrument like this. Companies like Orion and Skywatcher make high-quality, entry-level Dobsonians. If you're handy, Stargazer Steve from Canada sells kits to assemble your own Dobsonian telescope. His kits start at around $200. They use high-quality optics and come with great instructions to assemble them. About 20 years ago, we purchased one of his kits for our kids, and they enjoyed building it and using it for several years to observe the moon, planets, and many other objects. The downside to some of the more inexpensive telescopes is that they don't track the stars. As the Earth turns on its axis, the stars slowly glide across the sky. When looking through a telescope, images will slowly drift out of the field if you're not tracking. This happens even faster at higher magnifications. You can simply nudge the telescope to recenter the object, which becomes easier with practice. But what if you want to track the stars and the planets? To do this, the simplest way is to use an equatorially mounted telescope. Celestron makes their Power Seeker and Astro EQ models that offer scopes in the 4.5 to 6 inch range for anywhere between $180 and $400. Now the mount won't automatically track. You'll need to roughly align the polar axis with the celestial pole, that's where the compass comes in handy, and then you'll turn the slow motion knobs to keep the object centered. You'll need to spend more money if you want an equatorial mount that has motors to automatically track the sky. Additionally, you could purchase a go-to mounted telescope, which has a built-in computer to find and track objects. But, while the go-to option might seem simple, you still need a basic knowledge of the sky to set it up and get it configured. There are many nice go-to scopes available for less than $1,000, but my recommendation is to start off with the basics and work your way up to a more advanced instrument. So remember, keep it simple. Binoculars are a great place to start. A small Dobsonian is easy to use and very portable. They make great first telescopes. When you're ready to advance a bit, you should seek out your local astronomy club. The members will likely be able to help and advise you with your adventures in the hobby going forward. May you have a wonderful holiday and a fantastic 2022. Carpe Noctum. Seize the night. I'm Wayne Zillow, and this is the Astro Guy Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, your questions, comments, and suggestions are welcome. You can reach us at astroguypodcast at gmail.com. Please join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash astroguypod. Keep wondering. Keep your eyes on the sky. Have fun. Carpe Noctum. Seize the night.